Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Well, Dan, I can understand that there are Bible verses that are offensive to some. Uh, Jesus certainly said that the gospel would be a stumbling block, but the case we're going to talk about now really kind of takes the cake. It's about a Marine who was court-martialed on account of posting a Bible verse. And here to discuss it is uh, law professor Thomas Berg, who teaches at St. Thomas School of Law in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and a longtime advocate of, of religious freedom. Professor Berg, delight to have you on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So uh, set the factual framework for us. Uh, tell us about this Marine and, and how his, uh, his Bible verse got him booted out of the Marines. Yes, this is a Lance Corporal named Monifa Sterling, actually a woman, uh, and uh, uh, was, uh, had a workstation uh, in, the, in the office uh, doing office work. Uh, had some conflicts with her superior officer, uh, staff sergeant, also female, and um, the uh, there were a few conflicts. The one that really gave gave rise to this uh, was that uh, uh, after some conflicts with the the staff sergeant, uh, uh, Lance Corporal Sterling posted three small signs at her workstation. Uh, saying uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen, uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Uh, they were pretty small signs, uh, and uh, she put them up, but one above her computer screen, uh, one on the side of the computer, um, and uh, the the commanding uh, the commander, uh, the superior staff sergeant, took offense at this and ordered her to take them down. Uh, in fact, uh, pulled them down herself. And then the next morning, uh, Lance Corporal Sterling had put them back up, uh, and uh, the uh, superior took them down again. So that led to on to you know one of the uh, things char- she was charged with in the court martial was uh, refusing to obey this order that infringed on her ability to uh, to express her religion in this uh, her faith in this way. And I gather the sergeant felt that when she put up this verse, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper, that she was directing it at, that the sergeant was, uh, you know, attacking her in some way. Uh, That was one of the explanations given in the military court. Uh, The other one was that uh, putting up a Bible verse uh, on your workstation could offend the other person working at that desk or anyone walking by, because religion and politics are divisive, and a commander can worry that any kind of Bible verse might be uh, divisive. Now, that rationale, you know, we've seen before and in other cases. Uh, no religion here. Religion is subversive, and the Supreme Court has, has repeatedly said that you can't single out religious expression in that way. Well, that's encouraging. And so ultimately, um, she was actually court-martialed because she insisted on on displaying this Bible verse. Yes, that's right. She was court-martialed for that, among other things. Uh It wasn't the only thing. There were other allegations of 
of deficiency, and uh, she uh, received a uh, uh, a less than honorable discharge. I'm just looking here; it caused a reduction in her uh, her pay grade, and uh, so she was definitely, uh, you know, punished for doing these uh, these things. Now. Um, and she uh, defended in the court martial on the basis of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which maybe your listeners know about. Uh, the federal religious freedom statute uh, passed uh, in 1993. It's been at issue in the Hobby Lobby and other cases. Uh, so it's an important federal statute, and it applies to the military as well. But in this case, the military courts uh, refused to apply the statute for reasons that I don't think are very justifiable. So um, the case is up on appeal. Where is it going next? So it's now in the Supreme Court. Uh, Lance Corporal Sterling has petitioned for writ of certiorari from the Supreme Court. Uh, the court can decide whether or not to take the case. They, of course, have discretion to decide whether or not to do that. Uh, but it raises some uh, important issues under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, Uh Basically, uh, that statute, just to review it quickly, uh, says that when the government, the federal government, substantially burdens a person's religious exercise, there must be a very good reason for doing that. There has to be a, a compelling governmental interest uh, justifying that burden. Uh, and that's an important protection for people of all faiths and in all contexts, and it's also important uh, in the military, uh, because uh, you've got uh, both Christians and people of other faiths, Sikhs, uh, Jews, uh, others, uh, minority faiths, uh, who are fighting to protect our freedoms, and they ought to uh, have uh, the freedoms that they're fighting to protect. Uh, but in this case, the uh, the military courts said, don't even get to the question of the government's proof, of the military's proof of the need to restrict these signs because her religion wasn't even burdened in the first place uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, the court said, and this is particularly unjustified, uh, she didn't show that she had a specific doctrine of the faith that required her to post signs at work. Uh, well, that's completely <laughs> inconsistent with the case law. Uh, and in fact, I'm trying to remember in terms of the language of the statute, doesn't it define religion, as, you know, that it does not have to be required or central to the faith to be protected? That is exactly right. That's a fairly straightforward violation of the of the statute. Uh, and, uh, you know, we know that Christian faith doesn't operate as a set of rules that dictate your every move. Set of principles, rather, and more important, a relationship with Jesus Christ that guides you as you use your own heart and mind in, in particular to determine, you know, what to do in particular situations. There's no Bible verse that tells you uh, to sing in your church choir, uh, but you still have a right to do that. The government can't stop you. So it's a, you know, it's a, a really unjustifiable uh, ruling, I think, by the court. Um, there are a couple of others uh, that, uh, other grounds that uh, aren't much more justified, I don't think. Um, the court said it wasn't clear that the words on the sign were religious. It wasn't clear to the commander. Um, but the very justification, the very defense of the order in the military court was that the sign might be divisive because it would be perceived as religious. So I don't think that holds up very well either. Well, and, you know, it strikes me that um, regardless of what 
the sergeant may have felt at the time. By the time the issue is getting hashed out in the court and the court is considering whether a court-martial is justified, um, I mean, if we even follow the logic of Scalia's decision in the case of the EEOC against Abercrombie and Fitch, religion should be accommodated as uh, is given preferential treatment. It's given special treatment. You don't just treat uh, religious speech and religious activity the same as everyone else. It's it's a fundamental right protected in the First Amendment. It it does warrant uh, consideration. Uh, that's right, and I'm glad that you raised that case because in that case the court said the it was a woman wearing a, a headscarf working at Abercrombie and Fitch, and the court said it's not up to her to you know spell out in absolute detail uh, what her religious belief is. Uh, as long as it, uh, you know, as long as there's, there's a reasonable ground for thinking that this comes from religion, uh, which uh, there, there was here, uh, the claimant doesn't have to spell it out. So I think that's an important precedent. It's under a different statute than this one, but certainly the same kind of idea carries over. Yeah, I think it's very much the same principle because it, they're both founded on the First Amendment um, respect for religious freedom. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, that's right. Um, now, were there other um, other things the court said that uh, are vulnerable to attack? Well, so so uh, I uh, supervise law students here in a clinic doing religious liberty work, and we filed a friend of the court brief on behalf of several organizations, including the uh, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, arguing another point, uh, which is a, an important point, a little bit uh, of a tricky point. The military courts uh, kind of objected that uh, the Lance Corporal should have gone through the military's process for seeking a religious accommodation uh, before raising it as a court-martial defense. Uh, that's the focus of our brief. We discussed that. It's a little tougher because there's certainly some reason to say that service members, as a matter of discipline, should go up through the chain. Uh, but the problem is that uh, you're required to obey the order in the, in the meantime, so she would have had to take the signs down. And this process can actually take quite a while. In our brief, we cite the case of a Sikh soldier who requested permission to wear a turban and a beard uh, because of his faith on base, again, not in a combat setting, but who waited weeks and weeks for an answer. He had to take personal time to de delay reporting to a new assignment because his accommodation request hadn't been resolved, and then had to go uh, uh, undergo a pretty intrusive set of inquiries about whether the turban would interfere with combat, even though he wasn't involved in combat. So it can be uh, it, it can take a while to have your uh, uh, your request considered. Sure. And the more important thing is, this is a legal point, Congress didn't require that. The statute just doesn't require that. So the court disregarded the language Congress wrote and instead uh, kind of incorporated its own special rule restricting the religious freedom of men and women in the military, which should not do. Well, and, and that procedure kind of highlights uh, an interesting reality that that those of us who are practitioners, um, you know, run into, which is that um, oftentimes a a right or a protection that seems to be granted is almost then taken away because it's mired in bureaucratic process, and the bureaucracy serves as an effective uh, 
deterrent, if you will, to the exercise of your rights. I think uh, that's right. And, you know, I want to be clear. I wouldn't want to say that that's true in the military, uh, you know, certainly not all the time and, and, or even the majority of the time. There, there are some good processes in the military for accommodating religious beliefs. They have they have done well on that in many cases, but sometimes it takes uh, sometimes it takes a long time. And more importantly, you know, if, if you're going to have the right policy to make people go through that process in the military, then Congress should adopt that rule. They haven't adopted that rule, and you shouldn't make up one for the military if the legislature hasn't done it. Well, I know you know we've done interviews with um, leaders from the Sikh coalition, uh, both on the one hand praising the new Department of Defense uh, religious accommodation policies, but on the other hand pointing out just what you were saying, that the process itself can be very burdensome and uh, and difficult. That's right. Well, we'll certainly hope and pray for the best. Um, we've been talking with uh, law professor Thomas Berg about a Marine who was expelled from the Marines for posting a Bible verse. The Supreme Court has been asked to review that action, and uh, we'll wait and see what the court does. Professor Berg, thanks so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thanks, Alan. As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help those suffering religious discrimination, especially in employment. So do check out our legal resources page at www.churchstate.org. That's churchstate.org. Org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. And check out Freedom's Ring on SoundCloud, our SoundCloud radio station. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.